fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Hello and welcome to the 30-something movie podcast. It is episode number 295, Rocky 5. Say it, Bo. Thousand. There we go. Uh, so this one, this time around, is Rocky 5. Uh, very, very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about, and we just kind of spoil freely as we talk, so be warned. It's all over the place. Uh, iTunes reviews, please leave a five-star iTunes review if you are enjoying what you're hearing. If you're not enjoying what you're hearing, mm, there's about 50 million other podcasts out there, and everybody's in quarantine, so there's going to be about 50 million more starting tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's got all the different ways you can interact with our social media accounts, uh, past episodes, our voicemail line, all that other good stuff. Uh, so that is there if you go to 30podcast.com. And then all of our other social media accounts typically are at 30podcast if you want to go find those. I have with me tonight, we have a whole gaggle of people here tonight. Um, we, we, the Zoom window is full uh, for everybody else. I mean, everybody, everybody's on Zoom now. We basically live on Zoom. But... Uh, I, before I before I introduce you guys, I will say real quickly we we had a Zoom Easter. Uh, did anybody else do that? Where you zoomed in with family from other places and yes, did you do yes. That? Okay. Um, did. did you do that? Yeah. So it was it was interesting. It, it worked out okay. It was we had uh, I think we were a mixture of California, Washington, Nebraska, and then a couple from Illinois. So we had a oh cool we had a, a wide range of people on there. Yeah, that's cool, man. One of our uh, one of our church services, um, uh, the one from Holy Thursday, was uh, um, on Zoom, and uh, because it it uh, the other ones were re-record, you know, pre-recorded and everything, you could just watch them. But this one was on Zoom, and it was uh, it was a, it was a, it was a different feeling, kind of like there with you know thirty forty other people that were there that night, but kind of huddled in your house, kind of it, it was it was a. Uh, I'm not going to say bad. It was just a unique, it was just unique, kind of cool in some ways. Yeah. Um, I, I want to be careful because I mean, you know, anytime you got a pandemic that is causing death and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to say that, uh, that there's a good to any of that, but it was a, it, as far as that service doing it in that manner, it was kind of unique, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you've already heard a couple of the voices here. So I've got with me, um, I'll just go clockwise, clockwise around the zoom window here. I've got Bo. How you doing, Bo? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Doing all right, Pat. Hey, hey. And uh, as we're going around, I guess we can go through what our uh, what our Zoom backgrounds are because that's been fun. Poe, are you back in uh, Chateau Picard? I am. I am at Chateau Picard. You are in Chateau Picard. Experiencing the, uh, the fruit of the vintage. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing well, John. Happy uh, to be here. Who, who's that guy standing behind you? Uh, I've got Mr. Steve McQueen uh, behind me, and okay. check. Watching over proceedings. Okay, nice. And then Dennis, where are you in California? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that Coronado Beach right there. There you go. Running it. You'll be running on the beach with Apollo. <laughs> That's right. In a midriff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dennis, it's good to have you back. We haven't had you back on for a while. Yep. It's good to be back. Good to have everybody here. And, All John, right. where are you broadcasting from? Oh, I am still in the Millennium Falcons. So, I'm <laughs> going to blast out of here as fast as I can. Um, so, at a moment's notice, I can jump to hyperspeed and just be gone. News, the news. Another action filled adventure. Uh, again, Hollywood has shut down, so I don't think I got a whole lot of movie news. Anybody heard any movie news that's been out lately? It's all quiet on the movie front. No, nothing. Yeah. I've just wonder what the long term dent will this this will be. I know. You know, people going back to theaters. I imagine. I don't know. I would think that people might like not have big issues with it. Like, I mean, I I feel like if they space the seating out, but then you know, wipe them down. Like, I don't know. But then, how long will they have to do that? So, how long will actually going to a theater? Will people get so used to doing the streaming or will they just be actually eager to get out and go to a theater? Right. You know, it'll might, it, it, not sure which way it's going to go. Yeah. I know for me, that's still the, the experience of going to the theater oh, like that. As, yeah. as soon as stuff opens up and as soon as it's safe to go, I, that'll yeah. probably be one of the first things I do is find a, you know, halfway decent movie that I don't absolutely hate and just go see it. Like you know? if those wouldn't have closed down, I probably would have gone to some movies. Mm-hmm. Just made sure that I'm sitting not next to anybody, wipe down, bring some stuff and just, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I figured they'd be fairly deserted. I'm just if if this if it never comes back, I'm just so sad that the last movie I saw was the Birds of Prey movie. Oh, <laughs> that was not a not a wise choice. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> not a wise choice. Eh. Oh well, it's all that was on. So, all right. Well, since we don't necessarily have any movie news, we've been each week we've been kind of uh, throwing out there a random recommendation. So as everybody's at home in the midst of our quarantine and we've got time to read books and watch Netflix and do all kinds of other stuff. Uh, is there anything that you gentlemen have read or watched or seen or done lately or, you know, whatever that you would recommend to others? Um, um, the uh, Friday night, 48 hour um, release of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals on YouTube has been kind of fun. Yes. Watched a oh, yeah, I fun version of Jesus Christ Superstar last weekend. I heard that one was really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Cool. Cool. I gotta see, see if they have Starlight Express on there. Well, he's doing a, a Friday night. He releases them and then they're available for 24 hours. But yeah, I'm hoping gotcha. for Starlight Express soon. We yeah. got Joseph week one and um, Jesus Christ Superstar last week, timely for Easter. I wonder if uh, he had last I checked, he had not posted what was uh, going to be on this weekend. But let's, as we talk, I will look and see. Okay. Very cool. Well, I will, uh, uh, I'll jump in there with a random recommendation. And actually, Bo, I love yours. We, uh, two weeks ago when the Joseph, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat came out, uh, we watched that with the kids. And the kids oh, got pretty. Yeah. The kids That's got pretty fired. We were we were singing the songs and and uh, and when I remember my mom was a big Donny Osmond fan and so when he came to Chicago with the thing, um, we all got tickets and went and so that was kind of a that was kind of a neat uh, that was a neat deal. Uh, I'm gonna. It's oh, official. Go ahead. Uh, Phantom of the Opera this weekend. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, very cool. The um, 
recommendation I've got is also along the performing arts lines, but uh, I was looking for things to send to my students. You know, when you tell them, hey, go check out a concert on YouTube, you know, unless they know what they're looking for, how do they, you know. So I was looking around just to see what was on there. And I got to tell you, the uh, YouTube channels for a lot of performing groups are chock full of incredible stuff. And I'll start the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. If you go to the CSO um, uh, website, they've got uh, links to this, but they got CSO radio and that has a bunch of, I guess they were in partnership with uh, 98.7 WFMT. They would broadcast in years past, they would broadcast live concerts. And so they have a whole bunch of those um, available to listen to right through the website, you know, the radio recordings. Then if you go to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra's YouTube channel, um, I mean, it's, I'll go, you know, I would say they have a plethora of things that you can watch and not just like one or two songs, but they have like full concerts. I mean, like hours and hours of, of, of concerts from years past. And they've got, you know, Ricardo Moody's up there talking about why it's important, you know, keep music going and keep listening and all that. Um, they have some cool videos that a lot of the members are recording from their homes, you know, like, you know, the, the principal clarinetist and his entire family plays. So he's got them all together and they're putting together like, you know, a family recording and stuff. But there's some incredible concerts. That's all free on their YouTube uh, channel. So then I got looking at the CSO one and then I went up, looked at the Minnesota Orchestra one. Likewise, they have a bunch of their concerts free up um, on their YouTube channel. And then I checked over to the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra with Wynton Marcellus. Their YouTube channel has a ton of things to listen to. So, and I mean, Sunday night, I'm just like, oh, I'll check some of this out. I sat there for two or three hours listening to concerts. And I mean, it's, it's incredible music, top musicians. Um, the, the Lincoln Center one, um, Winton, um, uh, Marcellus was there talking about, you know, just his ideas on why we need to keep music going and his thoughts on the whole, you know, uh, shelter in place orders and, 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 uh, you know, just kind of how, how the music and things like that will help us get through it. And some awesome concerts up there. And like I said, I, um, you know, it's something I'm going to share with my students. I'm going to share it with my kids and I'm going to sit there and watch them myself. There is just a ton of music, um, for CSO, Minnesota orchestra and uh Lingett center jazz orchestra. And I'm going to keep looking for more things because it sounds like a lot of folks are doing this, but, um, that would be my shot. My random recommendation of this week would be, uh, check that stuff out because there's some amazing concerts out there. Dennis, have you got anything? Not a, not a whole lot. I mean, I was just, oddly enough, I wasn't doing a whole lot of TV stuff. I was doing a lot of workouts, getting into the woods, running, um, starting to do more of the yoga stuff. So there's a lot more physical stuff, um, cleaning, um, cooking different stuff. So it was actually a lot more low key disconnect sort of stuff. The only stuff I think on TV, my daughter went through, uh, she reverted back from like, you know, turning 19 down to going through all the uh, old animated <laughs> animated films again. So I started watching a bunch of those. Um, so we had even, what was Alice in Wonderland was just the next, the last one. But uh, the old, old animations. And then um, the one that we did do as kind of like a family, we went through the season of Black Summer. I don't know if anybody's seen that on Netflix. It's a zombie one. So it's a zombie one that takes off. And it, it, it's weird. It keeps you in a, a certain suspense. It's fairly simple. But then the writing is also, I mean, not the writing of dialogue, but the choices that the characters make are so bad. <laughs> so it's kind of a little <laughs> bit of Walking Dead uh, where that's gotten like that too, where you're like, okay, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. But you're still feeling it. You know, so it was, we, we buzzed through that season. It was season one. So I, I would say I'd recommend it as kind of a little guilty pleasure if you like the zombie flicks. So it wasn't bad. They were fast moving zombies, um, you know, that whole thing. So it, it, it was, that was probably our big, big so far. 
and I just want to start making some stuff too, hopefully eventually here. Nice. Oh yeah. It's been pretty, pretty low key, almost low tech. Yeah. Disconnected. I love the do not, uh, do not disturb feature on the phone. You mm -hmm. can't do that. Unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I feel bad for you. I'm laughing, but I feel bad for you. <laughs> I did that for one like, day and it just, it did not end up well. Cause the next day it was just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was good. It, 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 like, that's good. And then you, you, you turn it back on and you see all the different emails and texts and you can just kind of scroll through them quicker. <laughs> if yeah. you're involved in them when they're happening, it's more irritating because every time it's going right. off, it's just like, ah, why, can we just all talk about this? We're like, you know. So, yeah, just to disconnect from that and just some of the, the TV stuff. So, I'll probably get more into some movies now again. We re-saw re The Crow, which I, it's a lot of good movies I love. Like, um, yeah, Crow was really good. 1917 maybe i'll just maybe i'll just say that was the last movie i saw in the theater because i think yeah, that was go. yeah yeah that was the next to last but i'll just claim that one as being the last did you ever get to see um um uh, parasite no i haven't is it on netflix now i don't know if it or, is but it's available it's, on uh where you can get it rented or whatever i know that okay too. it's it i feel like it's on amazon prime if it's not on netflix okay it, it's on one of those so okay. no i haven't had a chance to watch it yet but i'm I want to. Just curious to see what these rankings are for the the, the Oscar films. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, Dennis, you liked 1917. I did. Yeah, cool. I saw um, Joker. Joker. The 1917 was a close second. With a, I mean, the top three are close. Mm -hmm. And for me, actually, Parasite's number three. Where a lot of people, that was number one. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just I really liked the other two. I, which ones had a lasting more effect on me? I think. Yeah. I was surprised at a few of the nineteen seventeen things. Yeah, I try not to look too much into it, and I knew what the basic story was about. But like, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. Has everybody seen nineteen seventeen yet? Uh, I have. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. Okay. All right. That won't say anything, Bo. It's good. if it's already out, I'll see it soon. If it's not, it's going to be a while. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, actually, mine um, mine was also a little bit low tech. I had purchased a whole bunch of comics and graphic novels. I think one of the last times, one of my recommendations was a, a graphic novel, too. But um, one of the ones that I had bought a little while ago, and I'm just now kind of working through the pile, was back in the back in the day when uh, before Disney owned everything Star Wars, uh, Dark Horse Comics, who did all of the comics for like Alien and Predator yeah. and all those mm -hmm. they had some great star wars comics back in the day and the one that i bought the collected edition of was they did a whole series called star wars infinities okay and what that was was it was kind of like a uh like an alternate universe star wars so it was like what had um the very first uh, series was a new hope uh, it was called a new hope infinities and basically what happens is um it takes you through it very quickly takes you through the story of the first star wars movie gets you up to the very end and when luke fires the torpedoes into the death star one of them misfires and detonates too early and doesn't blow up the death star and so then the story goes from there to well what would have happened if they didn't finish off the death star with you know Tarkin and, and all those people on board and, and all that stuff. The Empire Strikes Back one, um, Luke actually dies. He freezes to death on Hoth. And so then the story has to progress from there. Um, and so it's, I, and I won't, I won't go too much into it in case somebody wants to read them, but basically it's like that. It's like they take each of the different movies and they say, if one thing had happened differently, how would the story progress from there? Um, and then one of the other, in this collected edition, one of the other things that they've got is they took a few years ago, they took the very earliest um, draft of the script 
that George Lucas had put together when names were still a little different. It was the, the star killer instead of Skywalker. And um, it was just, it was a very, very different story. And they made a comic of that and called it the star Wars. And it was, a, I think it was a six issue series based entirely on his earliest scripts of the movie. And um, that's been a pretty good one too. So it's just been a lot of fun to read, you know, just, I, as I've said before on here, I'm a, I'm a time travel fan. I'm a, alternate universe junkie anytime a movie or tv show uh, back to the future anytime somebody will show me like a something that skews off into a different timeline i'm i'm all for it so um i forget what that collected edition is called but it's a collected edition of the star wars infinities uh comics so if anybody's interested in comics i know there's a lot of places where you can get those um some different services where you can sign up for a subscription and read them on your device or you know you can buy them on amazon or bookstores places like that but um that's been a pretty good one so far cool so that would be that would be my recommendation all right well i think it's almost about time to dive into rocky five here before we do that very very quickly um i did have a uh, there was a twitter comment on for our last episode when we posted up our last episode related to the hunt for red october or actually two episodes ago uh the hunt for red october and the guys from the surely you can't be serious podcast they replied back and they said um because I, I think we had mentioned a couple of things in that episode. And so they were kind of replying back to him. They said, great episode guys. Thanks for the shout out for their podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked me specifically, have you read the crow graphic novel? Cause I think we mentioned the crow during that episode um, a very long time ago. I read that and I have not read it again since then. I w- would love to go back, especially as I'm trying to go back and reread some older stuff now. Um, and uh, D graves is one of the hosts of that show. And he said that was kind of an old favorite of his. Um, they asked, uh, Pat, have you read the book born to run? Yes. Yeah. I love think was, that book. Was, was that the book you actually re- recommended one of the times or was that? Well, so that it was funny because I was going to, um, I was uh, okay. So first of all, another shout out for you, for the surely you can't be serious podcast. I just finished their Van Halen, Van Hagar uh, one. And I just want to tell you guys, here's, here's the mark of how awesome it was. I would be checking it out and then I would just be listening to Van Halen all week. I've been, I've been checking out, I've been listening to Van Halen all week. Um, I would okay. actually, in the middle of their episode, I would actually pause. I'm like, no, yes. no. Yep, they, yep. I, I appreciate yeah. that they're only paying a 20-second clip of this song, but I need to pause your podcast, and yeah. I need to go listen to the whole song. And and, and then it's funny because I started going back and forth and comparing. I'm just like, okay, so this is what it sounded like with David Lee Roth. Okay, so this is what it sounded like with, you know um, – uh, cool. So, so anyways, yeah, shout out for those guys. Love, love you. And I can't wait because it's going to be gladiator and Braveheart. I saw it just popped up next. So I'm really looking forward to check that thing out. I, I started uh, listening to that one and, okay. and we, we actually had just recently watched Braveheart again. Okay. And, and I, now I need to go back and rewatch gladiator. Okay, cool. Well, cause yeah. my brother and I, my brother and I would uh, debate Braveheart and gladiator often. So I'm looking forward, looking forward to that. Um, but in, in answer to your question, I have read Born to Run. I, and it's funny, I, I think I read it when it came out. And uh, um, yeah, outstanding book. And uh, um, I'm, I'm sure, I, I, you know, I'm sure that they wouldn't be asking if they, if they weren't recommending. So I'd, I'd love to uh, hear their thoughts on it and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, pretty, it's a pretty awesome book. So yes. I think in the rest of their comment, they said that they both, both of the hosts love that book. And I think the rest of their comment was, you had one of your last times you were talking about, were you talking about a book called North? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what they were saying is, is Scott Jurek is the author mm-hmm. of that one. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were asking if you had read the born to run because they said he does feature prominently in the, yeah, in he, that book he, as well. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. And uh, anyways, yeah, I born to run is great. And um, um, 
it's it's a really fascinating look at running and the guy uh shoot mcdougall i think stephen mcdougall mcdougall yeah Chris, he, christopher chris chris mcdougall. chris mcdougall christopher mcdougall yeah he 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 writes so it's so exciting to read the way he writes i mean he just he brings these characters out in this book and uh it's just it sounds like i mean it's it's one of those it's one of those crazier than it, you couldn't make this stuff up. That's what I'm trying to say. Some of these characters that he finds and uh, yeah, I'm biased. Cause I mean, I, you know, love running is, uh, uh, and, and so the book definitely gets you fired up for that. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's a, that's a great, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great book. So nice. cool. All right. Well, let's jump on into the ring here. Um, and we'll get started with Rocky five. Our movie this time around called Rocky five came out on the 16th of November, 1990 rated PG 13 with a runtime of one hour and 44 minutes directed by John G. Avildsen, who died in 2017. He also did the first three karate kid movies and eight seconds uh, produced by Robert Chartoff, who died in 2015 and Erwin Winkler. Uh, Chartoff did the Rocky movies, raging bull, the right stuff. Winkler did Goodfellas, the Rocky movies and the wolf of wall street. There you go. There's your second, your, your second Wolf of Wall Street reference in the, in the same episode here. Uh, writer on this one, Sylvester Stallone. He did the Rocky movies, the Rambo movies, and the Expendable movies as a writer. Cinematography by Stephen Poster, who also did Donnie Darko, Next of Kin, and Big Top Pee Wee. Music was done by Bill Conti, who did The Karate Kid, North and South, and Masters of the Universe. The budget for this one was $42 million. The box office was $119.9 million. And uh, I'm actually going to change things up a little bit with re regard to the reviews on here. There was a website a long time ago that we used to use called Flick Metrics. Mm -hmm. and it was it was a lot easier to use because it kind of compiled numbers for us. Like I didn't have to go individually to Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and Letterboxd and all those. And I actually stopped using them because I, I noticed for a while that the numbers didn't match up. Like when I would look really? at their, their numbers for Rotten Tomatoes and then I'd go to Rotten Tomatoes, the website, it did not match up. And I tried to message them and say, hey, can you guys tell me just why your numbers don't match up? Is there, is there like a coding error? Is there like, what's going on? And I never heard back from them. And it had been like two years since I had sent them that message. Well, apparently I had sent them that message through Facebook Messenger. And I guess they don't ever check Facebook Messenger. So, hmm. um, so I, I randomly got a message from them and they said, oh yeah, no, it's, they don't match up because we do a, a slightly different algorithm. Like we use Rotten Tomatoes, but we don't, we don't, purely just use Rotten Tomatoes for those scores. So, oh. so anyway, um, so I figured, you know what, I'm just going to use the flick metrics score, you know, it'll mm -hmm. make things a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. Basically what that does is it combines the kind of Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb and letterbox, and it averages it among those three or four different sources. So, um, so from here on out, I, I may just use that number just to be kind of our general average um, critic and audience score. So from flick metrics, they do give Rocky five, a 45% is averaged mm -hmm. among all those different uh, resources and then cinema scores. So cinema score is people that have actually gone to see the movie and they are polled when they leave the movie, they give it a score of an A. So this movie is starring Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. He was in the Rambo movies, Cobra, Demolition Man and Judge Dredd. I am the law. Uh, Talia Shire, <laughs> who was Adrian. She was in the Godfather movies, the Rocky movies. Burt Young played Pauly. He was in Chinatown, Back to School and Mickey Blue Eyes. Sage Stallone, who died in 2012, played Rocky Balboa Jr., or Robert Balboa. Uh, he was in Daylight and Vic. Burgess Meredith, who died in 1997, played Mickey. He was in the old Batman TV series, Clash of the Titans and Grumpy Old Men. Tommy Morrison, who died in 2013, played Tommy Machine Gun. He was in the movie They Live. Richard Gant played George Washington Duke. He was in Jason Goes to Hell and The Big Lebowski. There you go, second Big Lebowski reference since we've been on here. There it is. 
There you go. Uh, Tony Burton, who died in 2016, played Duke. He was in Assault on Precinct 13 and Hook. And Michael Anthony Williams played Union Kane. He was in Full Metal Jacket and Another 48 Hours. Here is the trailer. We'll be back right after this. From a million to one shot, he became a true champion of the world. Now, the glory. Because of the continuous violent blows to the head, the effects are irreversible. The crowds. My husband is retired. He has nothing more to prove. And the money are gone. You lost millions. Look, I still got my place in the old neighborhood. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? You know he can't carry Balboa and stuff. As long as they got Balboa on the brain, he'll always be champ. Got to challenge that man to fight. And if he refuses, then you gotta insult him. You gotta dog him. You gotta humiliate him. You gotta do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring. Hey, Tommy, you're a piece of garbage, you know that? No! That's it! You told him I'd fight anywhere, anytime. In the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My ring's outside. Yeah. Let's do it. Come on, Tony, knock me out! What did Sage Stallone was his son, right? Yeah. Yep. What did he what did he die of? Uh officially arterial uh, um arterial sclerosis, like oh, okay. cardiovascular disease. Okay. But he was also like had a lot of drug issues. But they said that there's nothing found in his body, whether that was covered up or whether it was actually because thirty something for their, for that is yeah, that's not not impossible. But hey, uh, quick question: since this would be your cut break part two, or you could either add it. But you uh, you mentioned that did you say Tommy Morrison was in They Live? Yeah, he was. Yeah, where he was? What was the part? It was some it was some bit part. Let me look it up real fast. We just saw that. Hunter loved it. Hunter yeah. hated it. <laughs> <laughs> that was when we just saw they lived. That's the one with the glasses, right? Sunglasses? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, really. It's the greatest social commentary movie for the 2016 through 2020. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. see. He is an uncredited. His name is Dave. He's an uncredited resistance fighter in They Live. Oh, my God. I never. Yeah, I would have yeah. to go back and look at that. Now. Yeah, I need to only- check this movie out. His only three you credits. You they live. It's with Rowdy Rowdy Piper. That's the main character. That's why I was like, are you confusing him with him? I'm like, wow. You know, because we, we did it for the podcast, but did, you know, Pat, that might have been one of the ones you couldn't make it to. I, I, I yeah, because I'm. I, did, I don't think I made the recording of that one either. Hunter I, can't stop saying there's a quote in there. I don't remember. It's the, it's the one about, I'm here to do bubble, bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble I'm gum. I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> John, mama, I think. Mama I don't think, love a tattletale or whatever it is. John, I think you did that one solo. Did I? Did I do that I, one myself? I, I, I think possibly because Bo, you said you weren't in on that, right? I don't remember being there. I mean, I remember, I know the movie, but I don't remember. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wasn't there for that. Recording, yeah. I'm sure I enjoyed it. (laughs) Well, you know, Jeff might have been there for you. You never know. Oh, maybe. That's true. I'll have to go back to that one and see. All right. Well, as we have been starting off, typically, uh, we're using questions adapted from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins, published in 2007. So our first question, uh, right off the bat here, Rocky V, how does this movie make you feel? We'll get in just a minute. We'll get to the, you know, when was the first time you saw this movie, all that stuff. But just initial gut reaction, one word. How does this movie make you feel? Ready to fight somebody. Fun. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun movie. Pat's told fun, so I'll go with Amused. Ah. I'll go with Amused. Amused? Okay. Um, hmm. Here it comes. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go with let down. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go strong enough to say disappointed. I just want to go with let down, and we'll we'll go into that a little bit further here in a little bit. So, um, when was the first time you saw this movie? Did anybody see this movie at the theater? I did not. Oh. Bam, no, I did. I, I, I did. I think the first time I saw this movie all the way through was this weekend. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Dennis, you said you went and saw it in the theater. Yes. All right. I remember this pretty clearly. It was the uh, it was the North Riverside Park Mall. There was a theater there. I'm almost positive we saw it at that place. It was wasn't Hillside. It was one of those two theaters. But anyway, I remember we went with some baseball player friends. So I was on a college baseball team at the time, and uh, we all went to see it. And we kind of sat like second row from the back and it was sparsely, you know, populated, not like, like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think we went to a later night show and I just remember it because it is the, probably the first time in a theater that people probably kind of look back at us and shushed us a little bit. Really? Normally I'm not that guy. Cause we were just cracking up at every Rocky line. <laughs> oh, okay. So we we're just literally like, it was a comedy. So we enjoyed uh-huh. it. It was fun, uh-huh. but it was literally like, I think there's a, well, I'm not the guy who trains. I'm the boxer guy. I'm like, there, like he, there's a couple lines in there where he's like, I'm the guy who does the fight. And, and then there's the, the, my favorite quote, which I'm sure you'll ask quotes later. So I'll go with the, the pie eating contest one. Um, there's just, there was just every time <laughs> he spoke, even though it was a serious part of the movie, we just all would start laughing in the back of the theater. Well, it was, he spoke in cliches. He did. And it was like, so every line, even though it was like, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't intended to be comedy. We're back there laughing. So people are looking back at us like, okay, we're just like, but it's Rocky. So for us, it was just at that point, just humorous. We had to tone it down a little bit. I remember. You know, and I, well, actually I, we should probably get through the bit before I start jumping into the review piece and all that. But uh, John, what, when was the first time you saw it? You know what? I probably the first time I probably saw this was back in high school, um, because my brother and I would a bunch of different weekends. We would he had these little models. Have you ever heard of those uh, Games Workshop models where they have the little kind of uh, it's like a tabletop game. You paint the little figures, you put them together, you paint them, mm-hmm. and then you set up your armies, and then you play the you play the game. Um, we started doing those back when we lived in England, and a lot of times on the weekends we'd sometimes do that down in the basement. We had a tv entertainment system down there we'd kind of set stuff up and you know he'd work on some of his i'd work on some of mine and mm-hmm. we kind of got into this habit where maybe every i don't know every few months or so we'd go to the library and we would rent uh, rocky one through five and we just sit there the entire saturday and just one right after the other watch the rocky movies back to back and then it kind of got to a point where then we would just pick out our favorites mm-hmm. and so it just ended up being a lot of rocky two and, and four after that Mm-hmm. And so I, I would say probably high school was the first. So late, late nineties would have been the first time I saw it. And then I've seen it. Oh, maybe including this last time watching it, maybe two or three times since then. 
So I've probably total total four probably four times I've seen this movie three or four times. Okay. You know what I I saw bits and pieces of the Rocky movies in high school. I didn't see them until I got to college, uh, all the way through. And my roommate had and I'm trying to remember, he might have had all five of them, on video. And I want to say that like he was never there. My freshman year, my roommate was never in the room. He was always at his girlfriend's college he'd go visit and so i think he was i had the room to myself and he's like yeah watch any of my stuff my my only requirement was if his parents call i was supposed to say he was out golfing or he was in the library and that was the only thing i had to do and then that's when i first saw rocky because i just i binged through them and and watched them all so i want to say that rocky five was in that collection um um and that's when i first saw it when i was in college so yeah we actually went through and because i i don't know if it was this i don't think it was this last christmas no, it would have maybe in maybe one more Christmas ago. Um, one of my aunts had gotten me the Blu-ray collection of Rocky, uh, Rocky, Rocky two, three, four, five, and Rocky Balboa. Um, mm-hmm. So I have all of them on Blu-ray. And so we actually started watching through some of them a while ago and actually had the kids um, kind of watch them too. I was originally kind of kind of sit down and watch them with John. Uh, Sharon and I had started them a little while back and that I, you know, John was interested enough. We started with that and Nora just started watching them too. So they've now seen Rocky one through five. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that they seem to have liked them like the movies pretty well they had a few issues with uh rocky five i think with this last one that we watched they they had a couple of things that they didn't care for quite so much about that but um so that's been kind of interesting interesting too to watch those with the kids and have them kind of seeing it for the first time as mm-hmm. we're going through the different movies but so let's start with this let's start with um we, we've each said how the movie makes us feel uh let's start with this one what is it that works about this movie what is memorable about this movie to you i think i said earlier it, it, he speaks in cliches so he hits all the rocky like he hits the rockiness of the rocky you know mm-hmm. and i think that's what what i took away after watching it I, and you know it's only the first time so it's hard to say memorable but i just felt like okay so we hit the the things a real rocky fan felt had to be in the movie were there with a lot of other stuff that maybe didn't go so well mm-hmm but you know they had the the scene the the uh, the scene with Mickey. Like I think that was important. Like that's the kind of character throwback scene that you wanted in a Rocky movie. I, I like the I like the throwback part of it, and and I could I kind of got the vibe that they were wanting to end the series right there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that that final piece where he's with his kid. I thought that was cool. Um, I've, I I. And, and unfortunately, there was a lot of the attempts at humor that kind of fell flat in that one, in that movie, that kind of ruined this for me. But when he looks at his kid and he's like, and his kid's trying to bring him into the art museum, and he's like, man, all these years running up these steps, I never even knew that there were like, you know, important paintings inside. I thought that really worked. I thought that, and it was like, darn it, it got buried under all that other stuff that was going on. Um, so I thought that one piece of humor worked. Um, I liked when they rolled the credits and it was all the flashbacks from the earlier movies. I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I, th- the fights are fun. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely on the Hollywood side of things. But I I enjoyed watch I enjoy watching the fights. Um, I uh, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I kind of liked what they were trying to do with some of the stories. And it's it's funny because uh, I feel that in watching uh, Creed, Creed Two, and Rocky Balboa, it was like 
they took a lot of the things that they put into these movies in this movie and actually I think kind of did them better. The idea of, okay, Rocky's got a protege now. How does he function as the teacher? You know, does, you know what, what goes on with that? He's got a kid that, you know, when he was young, it was all home team and they're together. Well, his kids doesn't like him now. Okay. How does he handle that? You know? And so you get these, these different, a little bit more serious overtones. Um, the idea in this one that Rocky, you know, he had brain damage. Well, in, and again, I'm trying to be spoiler free for the later Rocky movies, but he's got some, you know, uh, so spoilers for Creed. Have you guys all seen Creed and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But you said, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in this, he's got brain damage. Okay. Spoilers, listening audience for Creed. In Creed, he has uh, cancer. And so, I mean, it's, it's funny because as I rewatched this one for this time, it was like, wow, that's a, they kind of, they kind of touch on it in this movie and then get away from it real quick. But there were a lot of beats. There were a lot of plot threads that they seem to bring out in the later movies and do more successfully. So I, I thought they had some really, you know, cool ideas for this movie. Um, the relationship with his family, I, I, it was nice to see that progress and develop, or at least them make the attempt at it. Um, you know, and the fights are always fun. You know, that's cool stuff. Thanks, Pat. So Dang now, it, uh, Dennis. Now John, you could just you could just press the stop button. This podcast's over. Oh, <laughs> did I steal? Did I literally steal all your stuff? Everything. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. But well, you went with the Creed the Creed reference. Okay, so go say, ahead. You're the fighter too. You're no, a boxer. No, you're, so. no, you're, yours. It was all good. You're, I, I'm, I'm sorry. With him on it. No, no, I'm you're sorry. Totally you're totally good. Um, <laughs> I just laughing because I'm saying like I was waiting for the Creed. I was going to bring up like this is kind of the not so serious Creed. You know, like Creed is done as a real, like Creed is probably one of the best of, it's, it's an awesome, very, very well done boxing movie, Creed and Creed 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's done and obviously doesn't have the same, where they try to go crazy with the humor, Rocky's a more serious character in those. But up until this point, he's still that caricature Rocky. Rocky. Mm-hmm. And it's like whoever wrote Creed, the guy who wrote Creed probably used this as, just think if they would have done this more seriously. Just mm-hmm. think if they would have done this, you know, like, it, like, like just more realistically. Um, and I think that's where then, you know, Creed comes into play. But um, watching, yeah, it, I think it's a more unique take because up until that point, you've always had Rocky against the bully, Rocky against the bully. Now you've got, you know, Rocky as not in the ring. He's not the main fighter here. He's the behind the scenes. He's the, he's the, the trainer, the two, you know, the tutor taking that different role. So to me, it was a more unique Rocky movie. So it was more entertaining. And it's actually one that if it's on, I'll sit there and probably finish it off. Like I'll watch it or at least like some, key scene so if it's on tv i'm not gonna like walk out of the room i'll sit down and probably watch it wherever it is at that point um and part of it's because i know the tommy morrison story and i know all that so um i i, I agree it's had they had the dynamic with the they, they touched on a lot of things didn't necessarily do them all perfectly well but it was enough to inspire those future movies which i you know i'm thankful that they ended up doing because i was happy with this being like the last one too like i saw that as the last one he's out of the ring he's done he has that one last fight that could almost kill him still even with, you know, is it going to happen? Is he going to die there? You know, is this kid going to, because you didn't know, you know, when you're watching it, you're thinking they can't kill Rocky, but can they? Mm-hmm. You know, like, because I thought, again, I saw it in a the theater. So when I saw it like that first week or first week of opening, you don't know if he's going to live. Is it, and there was hints of it being the last Rocky movie. So, you know, all that going through that experience was, you know, are they going to kill him off? Is this going to be the, the ending where he dies? And does he die at the hands of somebody he taught? You know, and... So, so no, I just, I just the, the whole Creed that you were kind of going into the whole Creed story. Um, yeah, those elements are there, but done well and done mm-hmm. professionally. Well, and apparently in, in the earliest draft, and I, I, they may have even filmed it, um, 
that he was supposed to die in this movie. And I guess, I guess they, I don't know if it was an early showing of it or if they showed a, a more final copy of the script to the production company. And they basically said, uh, no, you, you don't kill in a Superman movie. You don't kill Superman in a Batman movie. You don't kill Batman. You don't kill the Lone Ranger. You don't kill all these that you don't spit on Superman. You don't talk on Superman's cape, you know, all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. they, they apparently said, no, you can't do that. Rocky is a hero. The hero has to live. So you need to rewrite that. You need to refilm that. But apparently they had, I don't know if they filmed it or not. I, I got to go back to where I read that, but they had actually done it so that Rocky does die at the end of this movie. And Adrian is, you know, kind of fully, fully out of her shell. She, at the end of the movie, she's giving a speech next to the Rocky statue about what her husband stood for and, and mm. you know, how, how he died and, and everything else. And, um, and then it's supposed to like fade to black from there. And, and that was the end of the movie, end of the series, but they were told, yeah. no, you, you can't do that. You gotta. So that would have been an interesting ending. I think mm-hmm. it would have been, you know, and see, there never been as, as somebody who did the boxing thing, you know, they've never, it's never really been realistic. The closest mm-hmm. you come to them are some of the Creed movies, you know, where it's more realistic, but they did touch on some of the real elements of boxing about like promoters and about greed and about stealing fighters from trainers and about, you know, all those type of things. But if you were really fighting and he had that much brain damage, like he had, um, and he's fighting you know, a young guy like that at the end during that fight, he would die. <laughs> so you could totally see like, yeah, I mean, he's, he would have, he would have been killed mostly. It, yeah. But and so I could see that would have been kind of an interesting ending if that's how they would have closed out the series. Well, and and that's kind of the thing with with uh, uh, with this movie. That you know, I suppose I suppose I should wait and see. Uh, John, is your next question going to be like uh, uh, what didn't work? Are we going to transition into mm-hmm. that or so? But actually, did you? I mean, you were talking about the different endings. What? And I know you were kind of lukewarm on this movie. What what worked for this for you? I will say what worked for me, what, what very much worked for me is the first half hour of the movie. Like the first, as the movie, I remember the first time watching this movie, the first half hour, when you find out that, you know, when, when they follow up immediately with him in the locker room after the Ivan Drago fight and you find out that he's, you know, he's just been, I, I love that line going back to, I don't remember if that was, I think that was the first Rocky or even maybe it might've been the second one. Um, when that line about, you know, Mickey talked about when he fought so hard that something broke inside of him and just that whole first scene where he's just shaking, uh, you know, in, in the locker room and, and Adrian comes up and he's just like, I, something's wrong. I can't, I can't stop my hands from shaking. And, and just when you start on that trajectory of, okay, so Rocky has been through this massive fight, this ordeal. Um, he made it out the other side, but there's going to be repercussions and this movie is going to deal with these repercussions to me, as you start on that trajectory, I'm like, okay, that's the movie I want to watch. Like, I want to see how does he deal mm-hmm. with, he, he went up against this machine, you know, in, in Rocky four, they, they put it up against a, you know, this guy, he'll kill you. Like, you know, one or two punches, this guy would just kill you because the amount of force that he exerts, you know, Ivan Drago, when he, when he throws a punch. And so that's what I wanted to see. That, it'll get into my next question of what didn't work is kind of from that point on for me, it all kind of started to unravel, you know, not, not that I, I don't, I don't want to say that I hate this movie, that I, I even dislike this movie. It's definitely for me, the, if I was going to choose between any of the Rocky or Creed movies, this would probably be the last one I would watch. If I had a choice to watch any of the other ones, this would be the last one. Um, just because throughout the rest of the movie, you know, and, and you guys have said it to a certain degree that things just maybe didn't play out the way they could have, you know, if, and, and I, Dennis, you said it, I think Pat, you might've said it too. As I'm watching it this time around, now that I've, I've watched it this time, I have also seen the, the two Creed movies and having watched this movie this time, I'm like, you know what? That's just the thing is that 
Creed and Creed 2, they, they do this story so much better than they did in Rocky V. Um, so, you know, that's when I originally said my, my initial reaction is let down was because when I first watched this movie and watching it this time too, there are just things where they start to tell a story and I felt like it just kind of, that story tapered off. That story kind of faded away um, and was replaced by, I, I, I don't really, well, that's going to start to get into other stuff, but you know, I, I don't particularly care for the, the whole plot line of him, you know, training Tommy Gunn and, and all that other stuff. And, but we'll get into that in just a minute, but the, the piece of the story, you know, him losing everything, him not being able to fight again, to me, that part, that part has the potential to work. Um, yeah. there's, there's certain pieces about that that I'm like, ah, do you, do you really do that to the character in the fifth installment in the series? Um, you know, do you, do you let him go through one through four and then you kick him back down, you know, to where he started in the fifth, if there, if this was the final one, do you do that in the fifth and final installment of a five part series at that point in time, that part, you know, that's where I maybe struggle with a little bit of that too, is, you know, having it be, this is the last movie of the series and, and we're going to kick him back to the very beginning and, and have him deal with that. You know, uh, to mm -hmm. me, that seems like maybe that's a, that's a little bit too late in this series to do something like that, but you know, it is what it is. But I, I do like, I think what I like most about this movie are the instances of, you know, Rocky and his interactions with his son. I think I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and him dealing with that and him dealing with his legacy. And, and I just didn't, again, it's going to, it's going to kind of veer into our, what didn't work. So maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just start to do that. I'll start to lean that direction and, and uh, we can start to go that way. But in terms of what didn't work for me in particular was I, I didn't like seeing Rocky as to me watching it this time, especially Rocky really came across as almost the bad guy in this movie. And I didn't like seeing Rocky as the bad guy, like the way he was neglecting his son, you know, not intentionally, but the way he was kind of neglecting the relationship with his son, the way that he was just kind of blindly going forward, um, you know, training Tommy and, and, you know, just really latching onto that relationship and, and, you know, living vicariously through him mm -hmm. in all the other movies. I don't, I've never been a boxer and, and I don't treat these movies as if they were any kind of realistic boxing, but it's all the other movies for me. It's, it's been kind of this, a, a little bit of a drama, you know, a little bit of a love story and you've got the boxing element in there too. And, and Rocky comes out the hero in the end and Rocky is almost always the lovable hero. You know, mm -hmm. he's definitely, he's definitely got his flaws. And uh, was it Rocky two? It was either two or three. It might've been three when they get all the money and all of a sudden he's spending money left and right. And, it, and that's fine. Like that's fine because they kind of deal with that and, and it goes on and, and Rocky's the hero. Even at the end of this movie with the street fight and everything else going on, I don't know that I feel for me personally, I don't know that I feel like Rocky is in any sense of the word a hero by the end of this movie. I, I just don't get that feeling. It's not the same as the first four movies. Mm -hmm. um, I see him as a very flawed character. And by the end of the movie, I don't feel like he's been redeemed. Mm -hmm. So that's what doesn't work for me for this movie. Um, you know, some of the other stuff I've heard people complain about is like, well, I don't like the music in this movie and I don't like the, I don't like this actor. And I, I mean, that's, it's a Rocky movie. I can get past all that stuff, but I just don't feel like the Rocky character has done anything necessarily to redeem himself from the way he was for the majority of this movie. And that's what kind of where a lot of it falls apart for me. I don't know. Yeah, I would disagree on that experience. I mean, I did definitely didn't have that experience. Because mm -hmm. to me, I think like the flawed character is the interesting part to a certain degree. Like, like you said, one and five, he's got flaws and he's got things. You know, two, three, four, like him is almost like a superhero. 
to a certain degree. It's like the a bubble gum sort of just kind of like, you know, Rocky's going to, you know, beat the bad guy. There's always this really over the top villain in here. Um, so this one, I think that the, if anything, there could be criticism of like, they didn't know which to be because you, you, you created in two, three and four, that sort of formula that people liked bad, you know, other guy, Rocky becomes the hero. Rocky's the big hero at the end. And now all of a sudden they're trying to show him as a more human form and a more realistic form. So they tried to like come down off that two, three and four vibe. And that's why it might not have worked as well. And seemed like in different parts, they're still trying to play a little bit of that Rocky bit, bit but then they were also trying to, you know, his son's relationship. But I think technically as an athlete, you see that is very common. Like it's pretty much believable. I don't see him as a bad guy, but it's very common that, you know, he, he was a boxer and now his son was into art. And, and that happens to so many people where, you know, like I lived that where my, was into all the art stuff. My dad was a swimmer and we were baseball players. So we're still sports, but it was like, I remember the feeling of like not being, even with my own son, it's like, I wanted to be a baseball player maybe, but at the same time he's in the track. So it's like, I think that's a common athlete thing where, you know, you're going to carry the mantle for the, for the dad. And here he was, not being a bad guy towards his son, he just found this other guy that was kind of like the son that he didn't have. So he, he latches on. I didn't see that as a, as a necessary, it's a flaw, but it's not a mean thing. He wasn't doing it out of meanness, ignoring his son. And they, they kind of play that out where you see the son reacting to like the dad not being there and, and all that other stuff. So I think that part worked and it didn't make, in my opinion, didn't make him seem like a bad guy. And I thought he does get redemption at the end because him and his son become close at the end. And he realized that, he put all his eggs in this basket of this kid. He was feeling like what he felt. And, and, you know, here was this kid that he was working with. And, and in the end, he saw the whole big game of sports and boxing and money and greed. And, and he should have been focusing on what was at home. So I, I, I thought that came around. I don't know. I think they closed that end up and gave you closure with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, at the end, he goes to the museum and talks about the art. And he's, he's kind of going into his son's world now. So I think there was redemption. I don't know how, what would you have had him do different? What would you have liked to see done differently then? Cause you said you liked the first half hour. So then where does that movie go for you to, to give more fulfillment for you? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I needed it to do differently. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer that. I don't know if I have the explanation to be able to answer it. It just something, it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. The way that his, I, maybe to me, it just didn't seem like there was enough, that enough work was done to repair that relationship with his son. I mean, they, they had a talk and then at the end of that talk, everything was okay. And it, it just seemed like there was so much as his son started to kind of veer off the other direction and, you know, he, he got the earring and he started smoking and, and all this other stuff. I, I know it's, I know it's a, you know, an hour and 44 minute movie, but that seemed to resolve itself kind of quickly. But, but didn't him and his son have a good relationship prior to Tommy Gunn entering the picture? See, that's what I thought. I felt like they had a good family life and a good, relationship prior to that mm-hmm. and it was once tommy gunn comes in he's the replacement for his son not knowingly you know like rocky doesn't realize what's happening but he's slowly becoming like you know like oh man this is like my kid now and then that's when the kid sees it and starts to act out against rocky because mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to deal with it and then i think it wasn't it wasn't a long-grained you know 10 years 15 years of abuse mm-hmm. and neglect for his son it was literally when tommy gunn enters the picture now all of a sudden he kind of changes so I think that is more redeemable in a shorter time span, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it needed to be a bigger, it wasn't like he neglected him for years and years and was an absent father or anything like that. And all of a sudden one talk and they're great. You know, it was like, they were a good family. It seemed like before, and it was just, they had this 
separation now because of Tommy Gunn entering the picture and becoming like his son that he never had. Mm-hmm. Boxing son. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it, I mean, and it might just be a matter of they didn't, this movie never really focused on that no, as like, side it, story, made, yeah. it was a side story. And maybe, yeah. maybe that's the difference is it needed to be. They tried uh, to do I mean, a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think back to Rocky, I mean, his relationship with Adrian, that wasn't a side story. Like that was a huge part of that. Um, you know, and then in, in I, I'm trying to remember, I mean, you'd see that developed a little bit more in Rocky too, but, but I mean like that original Rocky movie, you know, the development of the, the relationship with Adrian, that was a huge part of the movie. Rocky two was more him trying to, you know, within himself trying to establish, okay, he didn't win the fight. Where does he go from here? Rocky three was man, he lost and he lost Mick. It was kind of within himself. And so, you know, when there was the big story arc in the second one and the third one, and even that matter in the fourth one, you know, it's all within himself. And it's usually like a quick conversation with, you know, whoever the other characters are. And that straightens them out. You know, Adrian in the second one, she goes down, she, you know, she's in the hospital. And so he breaks off his training and it's a quick conversation. She says, just win Rocky. That's all I want you to do. Well, that's okay because his relationship with her wasn't the one it was a side story of the second movie in the third movie she has a talk with him on the beach and suddenly they play the music and he snaps and bam he's ready to train well that's okay well you get into this movie and i think they tried to do that same treatment with his son where it was a side story and it was kind of a distraction quick conversation and it's up and going and i i i think you know maybe to, to what john maybe what you, i don't want to say what you're saying but maybe what i'm thinking is maybe the whole relationship with the son, we didn't want it to be like a side story and boom, one conversation and we're up and running. Okay. Rocky overcomes and it's back within him. We kind of want to see a little bit more of what happened in the first movie where he's like building this relationship with his son, like he had to build his relationship with his wife. Mm-hmm. I, and maybe it's just, and it might just be screen time. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just needed more screen time with the story um, to, to bring that to the fore a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I know. I think you said. I think you said what I was having trouble finding the word saying is. I wanted to see more of the Rocky and his son relationship and and how that was being worked out, how that was playing out. Just like you know, to, to use the exact same example, to use the example of the first Rocky movie. Like to me, that's the first Rocky movie is is barely a boxing movie at all. Like I always see that as much more of a relationship movie. Him and Adrian, it's got the boxing yeah. kind of side plot to I it, drop. and. Yeah. And I think that's where this one, that's where for me personally, I would have liked to have seen more of that, um, that relationship with him and his son, you know, more of it, maybe, maybe even more gradually falling apart and then more maybe gradually coming back uh, towards the end. It just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's the character of Tommy Gunn. Maybe he's too much of a caricature in this movie. And I, I just, then where do you fit? Where do you fit the boxing into that story you're doing? Well, I don't because know. you know uh, that when people you, see Rocky, they want to go and see boxing. Right. So I think people would be disappointed if they went and they just saw it be all about the drama of him and his son. Right. So they had to bring the the boxing story in. And in this case, what better thing to separate a son than an mm-hmm. up-and-coming boxer from him being the, the, the trainer? So right. well, I think the idea is good. I, I think, well, and the I think the... solution might not I, be perfect. Right. And I think where part of it... I think where part of it for me falls apart is if I'm going to go see a Rocky movie, I kind of expect Rocky to be doing the boxing, which, which then obviously makes that whole... Part of the story where it, you know, where it falls apart, you know, you can't have him have the brain damage and not be able to box and still have him be the primary person boxing in the movie. Um, You know, so that would have to change that entire plot point, Um, you know, and I, I I don't know. I just, the, the fight at the end, the fight at the end is fine. Um, I don't know. There's just something I, I, I have trouble putting it into words, but there's just something about 
the the beats that I'm used to in all these other Rocky movies, mm-hmm. it just doesn't quite hit for me. Like the relationship pieces, um, it just doesn't hit. Like I, I wanted to see more of the relationships with the family and the the fight at the end. It's just I maybe the maybe it's the way it's filmed too. And I would imagine the way they filmed it was to get you know you've got the the sound is very harsh and it's it's kind of it's it, the camera is almost like blurring and skipping and and it's not smooth while they're doing this fight. And I I think that's meant to be a part of the well he's got brain damage and they're just fighting the disorientation the, they're, right yeah. they're they're fighting in the street and they're just slamming each other into stuff and it's it's not clean this is not going to be clean cinematography at all um i don't know it maybe just there's just certain things about that that just didn't didn't hit me the right way now you said you saw this before mm-hmm. what was your reaction is it very different now than what it was the first time you saw it or would you say it's the same I, i'd say it's kind of the same i'd say when i saw this one before i was like oh, okay you know, okay. this one is all right. I, I'd much rather go back and rewatch um, either one or four. I mean, those those tend to be my two favorite of the movies. You know, you got one that's very much the, you know, it's a serious story. It's the dramatic movie. And four is like the superhero movie. Um, you know, you've got Rocky versus the Russian. So I don't know. I, I think it's, I think this one, the mixture of the serious and the superhero movie, it just, it just didn't execute and I, quite right. Yeah, and that's what I said. Like they're trying to do too many things and they're caught up between appeasing these superhero people mm-hmm. who wanted to see that element. And then also the people who appreciated the more serious Oscar winning, you know, seriousness of the first one about relationships and stuff and about him as a person. And so they're trying to blend those two and give them all equal or equal screen time or equal, um, you know, playing out of their stories. And, and that's hard to do. So again, like I, it's, it's not like it's the, the best movie in the world by any by any means, but it was enjoyable. And I, like I said, I still, I did like that. They tried to get those little stories in. Mm-hmm. And it kind of all of them elements kind of worked on me and, and, and the whole boxing thing of, you know, promoters stealing fighters away and fighters turning on trainers. And those are things that happen sometimes where the person who's stuck with you the whole time and then all of a sudden leaves you for the big contract. And, you know, and those are elements that do play out, unfortunately, in real, real life. So they were taking some of those serious elements, trying to throw them into that superhero world. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know how else they would have done another Rocky movie. You know, mm-hmm. I think with him, once he's done as a fighter, what do you do? It, it, I maybe they've done too many movies. Then you know, mm-hmm. kind of like one of those things where you keep trying to drag more out of it, and then then it's got. Mm-hmm. So what what's your next story or plot line? That's why I was like saying, like after that first half hour, where do you go with that? You go into that 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 story, but that's not what people want to see from Rocky. You know, people are so already accustomed to you know all the, the Mr. T character and, and Clubber Lane and and all and just all the the Drago, all the the, the um, kind of villain boxers that he would go up against, and um, to me, those almost had more of a wrestling flair to it. Yeah, WWE spectacle, you know. Yeah, boom, getting hit, hit, hit. Right. It's like okay, if I get hit, if anybody gets hit in the ring like that with two of those punches, the referee number one stops that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, so the realistic part of boxers just sits there and just like those used to drive me nuts. That's why I kind of like the Creed movies, where it became a little bit more serious, like a little bit more like okay, that's closer, better. Better, uh, you know, not running across the the ring. <laughs> Just the one where he runs across the thing. Is there drag? Mm-hmm. There's one where he goes running. I think so. He like kind of picks him up and body slams. But, yeah, him. picks yeah. it's Drago, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's Drago. Yeah, yeah. It's Drago. Yeah, he runs across, <laughs> sprints across on the bell ring. He just grabs him and yeah, picks him up. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. It's a real war down here. <laughs> That's what the announcer yells. But now elements of the the kid things are became a common theme in the whole Creed thing too. You mm-hmm. know, like, and that's why I think this. Again, it's an important movie that I think if maybe if this movie doesn't happen, maybe Creed doesn't get done the way it was going to get done. I don't know. Maybe well, it does. So I'd be curious to see what the writers of Creed 
you know, who like how they kind of like wove some of those themes in. Maybe they saw this and thought the same thing, like, man, there's so much potential here that we missed. So we need to do this right. And we need to have, you know, we've got a gap enough, enough of a gap of time between the Rocky movies and this. We're totally introducing a totally different character on a more serious note. Um, I kind of like, it's kind of like the Jack Nicholson Joker versus the Heath Ledger Joker. It's like, there's a little bit of that kind of like Michael Keaton Batman, which I liked. Mm-hmm. but it's nowhere near dark night, you know, but I like both of them, but they're two different things. And I think the Creed movies sort of made that jump. And when you get to the second one with Drago and his father, you know, so you look at that element of sons and and, and, and fathers and boxers and, and here Rocky's actually referring, if you want to say he doesn't get his, he doesn't completely redeem himself. Maybe in the Creed movies he does because mm-hmm. he's actually telling, you know, his, his apprentice now is, you know, the, the guy he's training now about don't do what I did. Don't, don't, you know, neglect, don't neglect your family, your kids and don't, you know, he's, he's basically doing that whole thing, that the, the whole importance of being a father. And then you see Drago come in and Drago's father, his kid is a means of revenge and getting his, his name back in Russia, you know, and with the Soviets and stuff. So it's like, I think it kind of, a lot of those themes kind of play out in the Creed, two Creed movies. Mm-hmm. So without those, maybe they're not there. Maybe they're not as well written and maybe those two movies aren't as good. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, with this one, if, because to me, I think when I, and maybe now it's the benefit of having seen the two Creed movies and going back and watching this one again and saying, well, just, I, I like, it seems like that whole storyline was done so much better in those movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now I'm watching this one and I'm like, yeah, yeah, why don't we, we just skip this one and go straight to those? So that, actually that was going to be one of my questions to ask you was, do you think that the two Creed movies, if they had back in 1990 or whenever, if they had said, you know what, we're actually going to, we're going to take a few years. We're going to make another Rocky movie, but instead of waiting five years, we're going to wait 10 years. We're going to make Rocky a little bit older. We're going to say that, you know, his kid is gone. Adrian has died. If they had done that back then, does that make Rocky five, you know, a better movie if they, if they go the route they did with Creed, or do you think that the Creed movies wouldn't have happened the way they did without first having Rocky five? Yeah. I, I and, and even and even Rocky Balboa. Yeah, and that's our creative, yeah, choice. Like, like what would what would somebody create? I don't know. It's hard, but it's interesting. For some reason, I think that like they're going. I think whoever did it had that as a nice filter of like what went wrong and what went right in that movie, so it could really make us hone this script better yeah. and not make the mistakes that they made in that one. So I think, yeah, it would have been a great ideal world to go right to five and have five be Creed, mm-hmm. but that's not what happened. Right. You know. Yeah. Bo, what about you? What what didn't work for you in this one? I'm not as knowledgeable about the franchise itself um, as you guys are. Um, I think it's just. But I do. I I do know very quickly. I do know oh, this has your favorite scene in all oh, the movies. Oh my god! See, you know. Oh my I, god, that's rough. I thought about it as I was watching this movie. I'm like, mm, oh somehow, man. Somehow. Yeah. Somehow. Man. What? Wait. What? what fall asleep I, during one recording oh, and. Oh man! You fell asleep during a recording. No, no. I, I fell asleep oh, during Pat, a recording. Yeah, did, yeah. This this was okay. So the year was this 2015. Was, yeah, this was early in the process, and I <laughs> the, might have zoned out in the middle yeah, of the recording. The, 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 we were talking about a different movie. The year was 2015. Well, to to your <laughs> boat in your oh, defense, man. we were talking about Karate Kid and Rocky Four in the exact same recording. So it was. We were. We were. <laughs> we were we were we were in that little office in between Dennis's classroom uh-huh. and the oh, art room. I, I yep. remember. And yep. I think you know what actually that might have been one of the same times that we I don't know if we were oh, doing man. Howard the Duck and that's when Dennis got up and said I got to get Dennis up. just got mad. He's like I got yeah, to so get- lost it. I would, that's probably why I don't remember much. He yeah. had to go punch the punching bag. No, he he he, he, oh, he, 
I think he stood up and he said, I got to go throw up for a second. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. I think those were his exact words. I think I started getting plastered with bathtub mm-hmm. ducks and bathtubs. Yeah. Yes. And uh, no, so, so then um, Bo starts, I don't know if, did, I don't know if you like blacked out or dozed off or did something, but um, Bo at that point starts talking about, and I think we were talking about Rocky four at that point we had moved on and we were talking we were. about Rocky four <laughs> and Bo says, you know, it's just one of the most iconic scenes in the whole movie. My favorite is the whole wax on wax off scene. <laughs> and, and we're all looking at him like what, what waxing scene in Rocky four are you talking man. about? <laughs> man, that's rough. And they're, and they're, and, and they're still giving Bo a hard time for that, man. I mean, even the episode that I fell asleep. I fell asleep, the episode I fell asleep and was snoring during, Bo still got roasted. I, I was like, wait a minute. I was the one. Yeah, that's that's rough, man. <laughs> we, we, we kid because we love Bo. Uncomfortable hunk of metal. He died of dysentery, but. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, you know, what doesn't work in this? Um, honestly, it's the you've all hit on the things that don't work. It, it's the clunky, the clunky switch in the relationship with the dad and the son. You don't quite buy it. Um, when it happens, um, you, which is weird. Cause it's his actual son. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Um, even the, you know what, you know, what did it, one of the ones that did it for me, the scene where he comes down after talking to his kid and Adrian and Paul, you're fighting about the money something about that scene just didn't work for me. It felt like a couple of Italians yelling at each other and I didn't know what was going on. And that's what it was. It was a couple of Italians yelling at each other. I get it. But it's just it like, <laughs> isn't, some isn't the, that, isn't that just Thanksgiving? <laughs> some of the artificial drama building, like just didn't do it for me. I don't feel like they raised that stake very well. And I, I had trouble getting invested in it. And part of it is not being invested in the franchise. I'll admit to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's, you know, things like that didn't work for me. I didn't, didn't think it built on itself well at times. I, I'll tell you, I, I kind of struggled with, I, I felt like the way they, that Rocky would carry on, like you said, he kind of fell into all the Rockyisms and everything. I also felt like the way he would speak and the way he, you know, it was, it was rather caricature like, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, and, and honestly, I would like do it like when he would talk like, and I don't even want to do the demonstration right now because I, I, it just feels wrong. And so in this movie, it just, and I remember as a, I must've been a kid when I saw it, I'm thinking it was college, but I must've been younger when I saw it. I don't know. But I remember saying to a friend, like, you know what? I gotta be honest. Like they seem, and, and I remember my friend going, well, dude, he's got brain damage. And I'm like, well, and so, yeah, know, but even if yet, he did, is, was that a choice? Yeah, like even if he did have brain damage, well then, but then why is it, then why when I watch this movie, why does it come across like someone's doing a bad impression of Rocky for laughs when I watch this movie? That's why we were laughing in the theater. That's exactly right. No, and that's that's, cycling back to your comment. It was like him as this character, they made him such a caricature of Rocky that it became laughable. Yeah, every line like was laughable just and because of the way it was. The whole I mean, the whole Rocky voice that he does is so much more pronounced than it is in Rocky Four, Rocky Three. But even those movies that are almost more of a caricature of themselves, right? You know, he he's more in Rocky Four. He's very he's he's almost stoic in Rocky Four, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know, it's it's much less. It, maybe it's the brain damage. Maybe that's why he went deeper into that kind of Rocky accent. I don't know for lack of a better word. 
but yeah, yeah, to me, that was just, that was another kind of weird piece of this. That was definitely weird. And that's what I would say. If you're going to say the thing that didn't work, I'm I'm right out of the cat with that too, because that's why we laughed. We couldn't control our laughing in that. We were normally not laughing. We were just like every line he's saying is funny because it's like a guy trying to do Rocky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And, and, and the other ones, he wasn't like that. And that's why it was good to see, for example, the reference back to Creed again, like Creed 2, where I, I think it was, was it 2 or 1? No, 2. I felt like like that was almost, that was as good as Rocky 1, the first Rocky, in mm-hmm. terms of, I think, his performance as Rocky, mm-hmm. where he didn't exaggerate that. He became a real character again, a real person. In fact, he's like so much more intelligent in this one than he was in 5, like in terms of the way he talked. Like he, he toned it down so much more it wasn't like hey yo just everything's like this it was just it got back to where he actually delivered lines as an actor yeah and and i remember thinking that was stallone's best probably performance as rocky aside from maybe the first one you know Mm -hmm. as a a more wiser kind of like you believe the lines there was a connection there it was it was emotional it was like i think it really worked where this one was like everything he said like i said just we kind of laughed at I agree. And I'm glad to hear you guys all react like that. Cause at first I didn't want to say anything. Cause I'm like, man, am I noticing something that isn't there? And, but then when, like you mentioned, you were laughing at everything you said and just, to, yeah, that's it's my just, biggest memory of that is literally being in that theater and laughing. Like yeah. it, I think it was like in the first 10, 15 minutes, it was just like, we're just sitting there cracking up. <laughs> it was like yeah. five guys in the back row being kind of shushed by people. And we're just all like, I can't help it. He's talking yeah. like Rocky. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is like, I want to say, Oh, and like the part when he says, and the part when he does, but it, it would just feel wrong. Like if I was doing the impression right now, I would like inside, I would feel wrong. It feels like I'm making fun of someone that, of somebody, with, yeah. with a disability. Like the same oh. reason that I kind of bump up against movies like, what about Bob? It's like, why are we laughing? <laughs> why are we laughing at that? You know, and, and that's kind of what they set up in the movie. It was, if it was indeed because he had brain damage and that's why he was speaking that way. Well, why were we always wanting to feel like we needed to laugh when that was coming up? Like I, well, and that was to the, to that point. So here's, here's somebody who has no experience other than watching the movies, you know, over the course of you know, a little bit here and there over the course of the last several months, um, at different times, you know, today, just as we were watching the movie, I would kind of joke around with John and be like, Hey kid, you know, I'd, I'd kind of say that to him at different times during the day. And at one point Nora goes, dad, I don't think we're supposed to make fun of people who talk like that. And I was like, Oh, I said, no, that's not, <laughs> I said, I'm just, I'm doing the impersonation of, yeah, but, but I yeah, think, but I think, but there's something wrong with him, dad. And I don't think we're supposed to make fun of people like that. And I said, I, I'm really not, I said, I know I'm really not making fun. I mean, I guess I kind of am, but I really am not making fun, <laughs> but, I'm not, but, mm, but I'm not, but I am. Yeah. But the fact that she picked that up as well, mm-hmm. you know, watching this for the first time and she picked that up as, like, eh, that okay. is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Smart kid you got there. I, so here's a question that I think kind of stems from some of what we've already been talking about. If this movie has some kind of a lesson, what is this movie trying to teach us? If we're meant to walk away from this movie and say, here's what I learned from Rocky five. And maybe it doesn't, maybe there isn't. I kind of feel like there is, but to ignore your kid. Yeah. Family, like family. I think it's about yeah. like not abandoning your family over, you know, for your own, don't live through somebody else vicariously at the cost of your family. Don't live through someone else vicariously. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he couldn't box anymore. Here, you got to also think of like the idea that here's a boxer, and I was told he can't box anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's struggling to, to to initially, you know, hey, I'm the trainer now. Like I got to be that role, and even though that's not the role he wants, but that's what I'm trying to do. Now this guy comes into his life saying, "Train me," and then it's like, hey, he gets to feel that same sort of glory. Like you see him throwing punches, even even when he hated the kid, like the kid already, he was still like throwing. I'm pretty sure. 
uh, that he's still like kind of throwing punches watching on TV and like yeah. kind of mm-hmm. slipping and dodging and like he was like in there with him like it's like oh and he got all excited when he won because he's like hey you know like this is like like that like part of him is in there like that's what he felt so it was him getting some of that old glory again so I think him pursuing that and dealing with his career being over and living vicariously through this kid cost him you know the relationship with his family for a while so so I think that's the message I mean that's what I always got out of it yeah I felt it was kind of that and a combination of that and a be careful what you put your value into because he has that especially that whole scene where he and Adrian are yelling at each other in the street and he's just kind of going on and on about you know I you know I, I know that I'm not a smart guy I know that I'm stupid you know I I, I didn't want us to be back in this situation I, I wanted to do the right thing for my family and you know when I'm when I'm watching the kid on the tv and, and I'm when he's winning I'm winning and I'm like you know that's obviously you've you've put your value you put your worth in the wrong place because you've ignored your family you know, going back to the family like you've ignored your family and you had your misplaced values, you know, put into this other guy and he let you down and you know, no, everyone else around you, you're telling yourself, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm a failure. I'm all this other stuff. None of your family is telling you that like all of your family is there with it. Even Polly, who usually drives me nuts in every single one of the Rocky movies. I cannot, I half the time I can't sit. I either love his character or I can't stand his character. And sometimes it's at the exact same time. And in this one, I'm like, he's like the voice of wisdom in this movie, even though he makes the big screw up at the beginning, you know, he's, he's the one, he's the one that a lot of times early on in the movie, when Rocky is kind of like pushing his own son aside, Polly's kind of like, you know, Hey, you got to pay some attention to the kid over here. And, you know, and he still has his moments of, you know, his own little commentary mm-hmm. that'll drive me nuts sometimes. But, um, yeah, I, I think if that's if that's part of the message of the movie is just kind of you know be careful what you put your what you put your own self worth and value into, and you know, listen to your family. Mm-hmm. He says he wants to fight. I told him to get married. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> all he's lying. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Jim. Jimmy it's Morocco. Jim humor. It's Jim yeah. humor. Jimmy Morocco. Yeah. Right. Get, get married and then it's like a minute later it's like oh get married yeah. <laughs> yeah all right well i before we get into our three questions does anybody else have anything else you want to say about rocky five thousand no i just think posters are always interesting too because when you're talking about when you said about the message i just remember i think the poster for this one isn't the theme for this one go for it i think i remember seeing that um, so yeah let me so. pull up a poster hold on Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was interesting because it's like one of those times where you see it to me, it's like meatballs when I saw meatballs and it's got like Bill Murray with a bunch of girls in there. It looks like it's, you know, the film's going to be porkies and, yeah. um, and it has like a very big heart to that story about the kid and fitting out, you know, and all that stuff. So I looked at what's going to sell, you know, so when they put the go for it and you see Rocky, I'm pretty sure I'm going to, I want to look that all up, but I'm pretty sure it's the Rocky five. There, there is one. Yeah, there is one that says go for it. And there's also one that has a little bit of a longer thing. It says in Russia, he fought the greatest fight of his life. Now, where does a champion go when he takes off the gloves? Okay. I wonder which one was actually at the, th- I want to say go for it was at the feet. Like, huh? Yeah, I see that. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There, yeah, there is another yeah, poster that says, yeah, there's a movie theater poster that says go for it. And then it has Rocky five kind of down at the bottom. Yeah. That I looks yeah, that looks a little bit more like one that might have been. Uh, well, I mean, they both do, but you know, that one looks like it would have been up at the theater. Because I remember the hand being up, and, and that makes it look like it's going to be more. Yeah, you, like it just sells it slightly different to the people who are sort of expecting a little bit more of the two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Go for it. What's he going for? And then in the end, what's is it really? Then the other one's more about, I think, closer to what it actually would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Russia, yeah. Okay. Now where does the champion go when he takes off the gloves? See, that's yeah. Interesting. Which was the one that was at the theaters? Which poster? Yeah. Two different tones. 
So you want a favorite quotes? All right. uh, yeah, actually, before we jump into our three questions, yeah, before I, I jump into our three questions, first, what do you got? Okay. Bo's no. first. Bo's, Bo is your favorite quote. They can take away our lives, but they can't take away our freedom. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, oh, no, man. no, 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 no. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't even me that time. <laughs> no, 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 no. My favorite quote from this movie. And I'm, hey, you know what? Let me, let me, let me, let me we stop. We will not go gently into that good night. Oh, man. Vanished without a fight. Come man, <laughs> man. I, I will say, let me just point this out. I know I pick on Bo for that whole wax on, wax off thing. Five years. Yeah. But, but let me, let me point this out. Statistically speaking, Dennis has been on the podcast like three times in the last five years. So I feel like. Percentage wise, he's made fun of you a whole lot more in his appearances than I have. I was going to say. Yes. yes. If, if, you over wanna, if you want to work percentages, yes. Quality sure. over quantity. Uh, yeah. That's right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's rough, man. It's We're rough. done with Rocky movies for a while, right? Yeah. Uh, Karate kids, Rocky movies are all the same thing. <laughs> of old guys training fighters you know come on is it old guys with funny accents training fighters is that what you're saying yeah there you go it's true no you got Bo you got 16 years until we do the next Rocky movie so (laughs) there you go I have a hunch in 16 years I'll have made another mistake that we can all talk about for five years so we're good I'm sure we all will have so do do you actually have a favorite quote in this movie who who, who Um, you Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's it's a it has nothing to do with the movie. Dennis brought it up earlier, though. I think it it's just it sort of sums the whole movie up for me when he goes, "I didn't know there were fancy pictures in here, yeah. <laughs> fancy paintings in the building." Like that yeah. whole thing right there. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. funny. And that and that and you know and to quote Egon from Ghostbusters and that would have worked too if you hadn't tried to stop me I mean <laughs> if you would have taken all that other stuff out all the making fun of the way he spoke that line would have really worked that whole scene that whole it thing good. it was funny yeah yeah <laughs> how about uh I, I, I can go through I have a few of them in here yeah I see. So I'll maybe do one then let you guys go around and come back to them more but like um, I already think I said the first one which was the one where it's like hey Rock you need some help and he's like Come on, guys! This ain't no fighting contest. Yeah, that was like an uproar in that in the theater. We like just everybody started cracking up at that one. Yeah, so I'll give one and then go ahead. Pat. Uh, favorite quotes? I I don't know if there's an actual uh, favorite quote. Um, you know, I I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm going back into the scenes that worked. I guess you know, going along the lines with Bo. I like the the thing at the end when he's with his kid and he's just like, man, all these times. And then he's just like, you know, it it was the focus was on the kid. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, man, all these times coming up these steps. And that was the one part in the movie. It didn't go to, and look what I've learned and look what I've, it's just, it, it wasn't on him. It was all these years coming up with these steps. I never knew there were paintings in here. Let's go. You know? And then, so that was, I, I, I'll agree with you. Cause yeah, that, that was, that was cool. That was cool. The other lines, I mean, you know, Hey, I didn't hear no bell. I mean, that one's just, that's, that's, I was going to say there's like, then there's the category cool. of lines that I've used before. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I use like in everyday life. That's like, <laughs> that's, me. There's the ones I didn't hear no bell. There's mm-hmm, that yeah. one. Then there's my rings outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. And then, um, the one with the kid where he says, uh, it's like, uh, it's like the, the daughter I never had or <laughs> whatever. What's it? He's got the earring on. Yeah. 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 Like the girl or something I never had, I think it is. Oh, see, Pat, yeah. I, Pat, I thought you were going to go with the, uh, well, maybe I'll take you upstairs and violate you like a parking meter. 
<laughs> it'll it'll cost you a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Touch me and I'll sue. <laughs> sue for, for what? what? Yeah. For what? And that you know what that almost got annoying. And I'm like, I am not going to sit here. I'm not as naive as to say, oh man, that just wouldn't happen. But that it's got annoying. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's the Don King caricature, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Well, no, yeah. I don't no, and that's not what I was talking about. But at the beginning, when he gets off the plane and the press is like, Yeah, Rock, why aren't you gonna fight this guy? And it's like, dude, the cat just got out of the ring yeah, like like exactly. a week before. Like, and I'm sure yeah. press can be and I it mean wouldn't I, be like that, no. But yeah. but that yeah. was like, and then they're like yelling at him. He's just like, Yeah, yeah Rock, why don't you come on? What? You're retiring? And it was just like uh, why are you shocked? He's on top of his game. Like, wh- like I don't get why that's something. Like, I know we got to pump it up for the Rocky movie, and and again, I'm, I've heard some sports press get pretty stupid before, but it's kind of like I, that seemed a little bit that seemed a little bit forced, you know. Yeah. Um, although when you know when the Don King character brought forward the the young fighter. And he almost, he had like his prepackaged line, I want a shot at the title and I'm going to beat you down or something. I mean, it just, it all felt so rehearsed. That kind of, that part of it was like worked because that's what they were trying to show is like, here we go again. This guy, he's just, you know, checking the boxes and, and playing the role and all that. But the way the press kind of popped up at that scene, I was like, yeah, yeah. The cat just got out of the ring after taking down this like giant machine. I mean, you know, like, the guy doesn't have anything else to prove. I, yeah. I don't well, know. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's that, well, that's even like the, uh, the, with the Tommy gun getting Tommy, like everything goes really fast. Like, yeah. In real life, like obviously there would have been a gap of time before they would have pressured him to fight this other guy. And then the same thing with Tommy gun, when he wins, he just wins in this impressive fashion and does beat this guy that there's a big thing for. And all of a sudden they're like, you're still living in Rocky shadow. Like right away at that press conference. It's like, that never would have happened. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the, the, in real life, like that part of the story wouldn't have happened. So they had to make jumps to certain things that were somewhat believable in the, in the boxing world and sports world. But then they totally had to speed it up because the movie is an hour and a half. Right. And all these things had to happen that when those things jar you out of the realism of anything too. So it's like, yeah, that wouldn't have been happening. Yeah. I got to say one of my favorite lines in the movie, um, I'm going to actually pick a different one, but one of my favorites is one, like you guys said, I've used this one over and over again for all kinds of different situations is that I didn't even know Bill. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, use that one so often for different things. That's the um, in a liar. But the one I think I'm going to pick, especially watching it this time, um, and and I like I, I looked it up on IMDb, so I just get the whole thing. But um, it's in the flashback conversation with him and Mick, and when Mickey gives him the necklace that has the cufflink on it, the boxing glove, mm-hmm. and it's it's that whole little bit at the end. And IMDb doesn't have this other part, but I, I like that part as well. For the serious part of it, I do like when Mickey goes that whole thing. You know, he pulls out the glove necklace and he goes, you know, see this? This is the favorite thing I have on this earth. Uh, and Rocky Marciano, give me that. You know what it was? It was his cufflink. And now I'm giving it to you because it's got to be like a like an angel on your shoulder. And, and he kind of goes through that whole thing. And he's like, you know that when you're getting down, this little angel's going to whisper in your ear, and it's going to say, "Get up, you sob," because Mickey loves you. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it goes into all that. And then for the for the kind of humor factor, immediately after that, as they're walking away, he's like, "Oh, there's just one of them." And he's like, "You know what happened to the other one?" He's like, "I gave it to some bum." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. I think Adrian had a good speech in there too, which she talked to me. You talk about when it goes back to that message. And I, was, I remember she had some big speech with him, but like she, they gave her a, like a, some pretty good, I felt like of the more drama lines in it um, mm-hmm. where she's saying all those beatings you took in the ring, I took them with mm-hmm. you. I know how you feel. I know when somebody like Tommy comes along, you feel alive. And that comes back to like, I was trying to say before, um, like living through him vicariously, but he's not you. He doesn't have your heart. 
all those fighters you beat, you beat them with heart, not muscle. That's what Mickey knew. That's what Mickey knew. You were special, but Mickey's dead. If there's something that you want to pass on, pass it on to your son, for God's sakes. Your son is lost. He needs to. I know Tommy makes you feel great. He makes you feel like you're winning again. But when you're losing, but you're losing us, Rocky, you're losing your family. See, that, I think boy, that speech is really like the drama series part of the movie. And they've intertwined it with the whole superhero sort of story, trying to get that element too. But like that, when you ask what's the message, I think that was the drama plot line right there, mm-hmm. summed mm-hmm. up by Adrian's speech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, you got any, any other quotes, anything else before we go into our three questions? I don't know. I don't think so. No. All right. All right. So three questions. Would you like to see another? Hey, would you like to see another Rocky movie? Another one. Another one after Creed two with Rocky. No, with Rocky. Oh, with Rocky. As would you kid. would you have liked to see more with Rocky? Actually, like, would you like to see a six and a seven? or like? Well, there was oh, there was yeah, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah it was Rocky Balboa. And I enjoyed Rocky Balboa. Okay. I mean, you know, because at um, this point yeah. I was like, I wanted him done. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, even like I, I, I mean, Drago one was good. But it was like you were getting the same formula over and over again. At some point, it was like you know. So for me, I was kind of like I'm. It was kind of like Friday the Thirteenth, where you're just not going to want to be interested in the next one. Yeah, I think like it took me a while to see Balboa, Rocky Balboa. Before Rocky Balboa came out, my thought with this one was always I, they should have just ended it after four. Like I, you know, five was my least favorite of the movies. Even after Rocky Balboa came out, I was like, oh, I think I still kind of like that one better than I like five. Um, so I, at this point, knowing that at the time, knowing that these are the only five Rocky movies, I think I would have just said, no, nah, I think I'm good. No sure. need. But when Rocky Balboa came out, I was like, okay, well, that's a, that's a little bit of a new take on it. Uh, doesn't he still have brain damage? And I, I guess since then they've, they, they've kind of explained that away, I guess. Um, yeah, I was in the, I saw that. Yes. I think it was Wikipedia or IMDb yeah. where they, yeah. so a but, different condition that was temporary, but not a permanent. Yeah. Yeah. That he, he said something to the effect that if it was, modern medicine or if he had gone to get a second opinion they would have found that he was just suffering from a uh concussion or something like that and that if it was you know modern medicine they would have just you know treated him or given him take some time and and then they would have cleared him and he would have been fine so that was kind of their way of explaining that piece of it away but falls down a well eyes go crossed (laughs) kicked by a mule mule? eyes go straight yeah here it says i don't know Says a continuity ensuing years following the film's release, Stallone acknowledged that the injury Rocky suffers subsequently forcing him to retire. Reference in the film is potentially lethal form of brain damage was inaccurate. Stallone stated that having discussed the story with many boxing medical professionals, the injury Rocky suffered was a milder form of brain damage similar to that of a long-term concussion that many boxers suffer from and by modern day standards are still able to gain licenses to box and would not have uh, prevented Rocky from gaining a license to box nor killed him. So that was the continuity yeah. or whatever they want to, or how they explained it. Yeah. For yeah. the next one. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so for our three questions this time around, question number one, what is your favorite movie where a street fight happens? And we actually got a whole bunch of, uh, we'll go through and get our responses, but we did get a bunch of responses from Twitter, uh, I think one from Instagram, 
Um, so I've got other responses for some of these questions. But question number one, what is your favorite movie where a street fight happens? Well, I've got, I've got like a list, man. So I, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to narrow it down. I'm my, trying to narrow it down. So, so I'll, do, I'll do mine first. Um, and I will say that I, I, so I like this movie. It's, I think it's got a lot of issues and, and there are things that I have problems with in it. But for this particular scene in the movie, I, this is one of my favorite fight scenes of any movie anywhere. Um, the scene in Matrix Reloaded where he's fighting all the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's probably one of my favorite street fight scenes that I've ever seen. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll throw in Sharon's. I know we're going to do some of the other like Twitter and, and Instagram, but I always ask these three, if, if the kids, you know, if the rest of the family can answer this one, they, they couldn't answer the, uh, what's your favorite nineties Stallone movie. Cause they've only ever seen Rocky five. Um, hmm. But uh, Sharon's response was the, uh, when Ralphie fights Scott Farkas in a Christmas story. All there right. you go. Yeah. That's that good. Was good. That wasn't so much a fight. It was a beating, but yeah. anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a beat down. Oh man. Scott Farkas had no chance. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a list, so I, I'm going to let you guys go first because I don't want to steal nobody's when I'm like, you know, going to be listing off all my favorite street fights. And I stole half of Dennis's talking points tonight. So, Dennis, what uh, what's your favorite? Um, I'm going to go back to this. Is, I'm going to go to the. Uh, I want to. I want to make sure the name is right, but it, it, every which any which way but loose. Every which way, any which way, but I think it's any which way but loose. I think there was the second one. It was the Clint Eastwood movie. With orangutan, you guys remember those? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was the one where at the end, the, him and the guy were supposed to fight somewhere, but they actually never end up fighting. But then they end up fighting at the very end, and it goes through from street to through businesses, and it just keeps going till somebody breaks their hand, and it's like ev- it's nonstop. Every, it's every, it's every which way, every, yeah. every which way, but loose was the one. Yeah, so that one. So that because it just goes, it's just there's a big build up to this organized fight that never happens. Then all of a sudden the fight's on, and everybody starts like flocking and following them everywhere, and the crowd builds, and they keep on going and going. So that one came to mind. So okay. I'll get that one. And I'll let Pat, so I don't steal any Pat's. Well, how about, what about, what do you got? What do you got, Bo? So I love, and I, I'm trying to remember who he's fighting. I had it. it it's Lethal Weapon. It's Riggs. And, yeah. um, ah. This is where I was going. I had it on my screen and then I lost it, of course. But it's Martin Riggs in the rain. Yeah. Gary Busey. Yes. Gary Busey. Yeah. Yes. And he is just, they're wailing on each other. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. That and then I, really I have good. a classic on my list too. Mm-hmm. West Side Story. Oh, yeah. I knew somebody was going to say West Side Story. Okay. But it. the Riggs one was the first one that popped into my head. But then I was like, oh, what the classic. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Pat has a litany for us. I, I, I do. I, I, I do. Now, I was gonna, I'll tell you, I was going to throw down with Lethal Weapon as well. Because um, that one is really, really good. Um, I'll tell you, and I'm trying to keep myself narrowed down. So obviously like street fight, I'm not talking like a gun. What was that? Well, my question was, does this also the question I want this clarification was this had, did this have to be in the street or did this have to, could this have just been more of a street fight? Like a, like a street fight is a type of fight. that's right. not organized. I but to, does it have to decree in, does it have to appear in the streets. I narrowed mine down by saying it was in the streets. Okay. Like that's how I narrowed my list down. Now John's obviously the moderator, so he can say, but I mean, um, because, for example, I'll just throw in one that I was going to say, but I wasn't sure if it qualified. It was Captain America versus Winter Soldier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought about that That's one, too. That's a great fight, but does it really all take place in the street? No, right. but there's no. stuff in the street, so it counts. Okay, all right. I, to my, I, like, I don't know, John. What, I mean, you're the moderator, but I think that would. Yeah, that would count. 
And the funny one is the one from uh, They Live, me and the kids were dry. I like yeah. thought of this one just now. They Live, where it's him fighting the guy in, in the street for like, it's like the most it's brutal. Like, it's like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. A, and I, I was telling, I was trying to explain to the, my kids that I had to actually explain because they were like laughing how long this fight was going on. And I had to explain, okay, so the main character, he really is actually a wrestler. <laughs> so this is his time to shine. So they had to write this in and give this big kind of wrestling match fight here because that was his thing. So this is appeasing all of Rowdy Roddy Piper's fans, right? Yeah. Like, and oh, I actually, okay, that makes sense. I, I think when we, I think when we recorded the podcast for that episode, I might have even commented and said, "It's not that I didn't enjoy that fight in They Live, but it's the only fight where I think I've ever actually looked at my watch just to kind of see what time it was and <laughs> how long this is going on for." And it's I, like I, non, I, yeah, non-stop. I still loved it. I still loved it, but I was like, "Okay, what's it?" Uh, I think my oh. kids are screaming at the thing. Why would you just not put on the glasses? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you just not look in them? Why would you beat the hell out of each other for an hour instead of just one guy going, let me see. <laughs> like, put them on. Put them on. Well, because awesome. America. Yeah. America. America. Uh, so I've got, uh, I got a couple. I mean, it's, um, I- I'll tell you, a couple, a couple thousand. Yeah. Um, I'd say uh, Jackie Chan, Legend of the Drunken Master. Um I mean, you talk about a fight. That movie was basically two hours of a fight scene, um, but there was at least three or four of them that took place in the streets. And, uh, you know, amazing choreography and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'll say uh, um, the great one, Bruce Lee, in The Big Boss. I think it was The Big Boss where, I mean, because, I mean, you could just say, oh, Bruce Lee fight scenes, but I'm trying to keep it to the street. And so I think there was some when he was outside and uh, there were fights going on in the street. Um uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, had some awesome fight scenes in it. Uh, not only some that like spilled out into the street, but um, you know there was the one scene where I think he was, you know, he was out fighting those guys with the butcher knives, where it was literally in an alley, and he was like up on a pole and or on a pole, he was like on a ledge or on a um, like a catwalk or something like that uh, that he had to fight. And uh, then I'll throw another one out there. If any of you guys seen Ong Bak, The Legend of the Thai Warrior? Hmm. I have not. A guy, by, guy by the name of Tony Jaa. Uh, it came out a little bit ago, and I think he was originally a stuntman that like worked his way into But, yeah, there's, there's a pretty fantastic it, – it's kind of like a chase scene slash fight scene that takes place in the street. And um, it basically shows all this guy's like uh, prowess in terms of like acrobatics and things like that. So – those would be those would be the top of my list for actual like fights that spill out into the street and you know um, uh, happen happen like that. So I guess I guess that would be that would be my list. But you know, there's there's good ones. I mean, I thought the one in um, uh, the Outsiders was really good. I thought the one oh, they filmed good that one, yeah, yeah, that one was really good. Um, and then uh, I, I mean. It's kind of cheating because it's more like a foot chase scene, but they like get punches in on each other. So I'll say the beginning of uh, uh, Casino Royale, where uh, with the James Bond thing. I mean, that's that's kind of a I, par- I'm, parkour I'm, one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of che- but I think there was like one or two punches. Uh, oh no, they chucked the guns at each other. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, maybe maybe that will count uh, as a street fight. That's kind of pushing it a little bit, but. So well, I, one, one of my other, you know, one of my other ones, cause I, I started to make a list in my head of like, what are some of my favorite movie fights? And one of my favorite ones does not take place in the street at all. So I kind of kicked that one out of the list. It okay. was um, probably one of the most brutal ones I've ever seen in a movie was um, 
the apartment fight in Atomic Blonde. Have you guys seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Um, the other one that, that takes place in a street or in a freeway that might have been up there with my uh, Matrix Reloaded would be the very beginning of the Deadpool movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if we want to count, you know, fighting in the car and everything else is a street mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had two, two more on my list because I started trying to do a list too. And the two that, um, I guess, honorable mentions, but it was, I mean, it's, I still like the crow where he's fighting the guy with the knives, the black guy with the knives. Yeah, um, yeah. Just and that make and that one I, I kind of put towards the end because it wasn't so much the actual fighting, it was the lines along with the fighting. Mm-hmm. The lines make everything in that mm-hmm. scene. It just that's the whole you know victims aren't we all you know like the whole. So I love that that vibe and I had just recently had seen that so it was kind of my head. The other one we're gonna go back and and that's where I said you know it have to be a street. Um, cool hand, Luke. Mm-hmm. Cool hand, Luke. Where at the end it ends up with what's his name. George Kennedy just putting him over his shoulder. <laughs> you guys have seen that one, right? Mm-hmm. Not seen? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah. <laughs> they got the boxing gloves out, they're hitting each other, and then all of a sudden at the end of it, it's, it's like flips him up over his shoulder, and, and he's walking off with him, and he's like pretty much unconscious. He's still hitting George Kennedy in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, don't quit. <laughs> um, I'll throw another one in there, uh, Lionheart, with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He plays, oh, he's like yeah. the, he's He's like the pit fighter or whatever. And there's some that take place like on a street. I think there's one where they drive cars into a circle and then they fight on the hoods of cars or something like that, which was pretty cool. Well, that one was good. Yeah. I guess you got to fight an anchor man. You could throw that one in there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, and, and uh, anchor man. Awesome. And then, um, uh, big trouble in little China. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I like that. I'm, I'm sorry. That should have been at the top of my list. I mean, that one's fantastic. Chinese showdown. Jack, keep the doors locked. The uh, the last one I have too is more of a park one, which was uh, my bodyguard. You guys have all seen my bodyguard or no? Yep. You haven't seen my bodyguard? I think I have. That's oh, with uh, Dylan. Time. Matt Dillon is the mm-hmm. kind of the punk. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy who's the quiet big guy, and Chris Makepeace is the guy who befriends him. That's the whole my bodyguard thing. But the the ending stunning fight scene in that is you know it had, takes place basically in a park, but um, that one's just yeah, it's just like one of those. That's that's a, a, like one of my fond memory fight scenes. Just because of the way the, the, you have to have the whole, I almost, since you haven't seen it, who said they haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, you need to see That's a good movie. Like, it'll go back. It's a throwback. It's an older film, but Pat, you said you have seen it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Bo, yes or no? Yeah, but it's been, gosh. Okay. At least The whole motorcycle years. and the yeah. whole, like, you never, you never, it's kind of like the same feeling when Ralphie, you know, with Ralphie and, uh, and the, other, the other kid in the mm-hmm. Christmas story, like there's that, you're just pulling for somebody in a fight, you know, and you don't know what's going to happen. And that's a good one. So, yeah, watch my, a that's, a, that's a good one over this break. Watch Heck my body. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Wow. Saw that in the theater as well. I remember seeing that one in the theater. Uh, so we did have a few, let's see, we had a few from Twitter and Instagram uh, on Twitter at Tristan Martin said the shootout at the OK Corral in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. That was in the street, so that mm-hmm. one counts. Uh, also on Twitter, at After Hours TC said, The Fight and They Live. There you go. Uh, and then on Instagram, we had somebody, I think we probably know this person, uh, at Greenwell Orc. <laughs> <laughs> you heard of that person before? Yeah. She said, uh, Anchorman, The Fight and Anchorman. So, there you go. Sounds about right. Mm hmm. All right, question number two. If you could pit Rocky against a character from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, who would he fight? And and I realized I said Mike Tyson's Punch-Out just kind of 
thinking of like lumping all those characters together because there have been there was punch out there was super punch out there was mike tyson but so i did not mean to just limit that to the one mike tyson's punch out from like what was that 1987 or whatever year that one came out any of the punch out video games mike tyson or otherwise feel free to throw those characters in there if you could take one of those characters and have rocky fight one of those characters who would it be did everybody let me start it this way did everybody play Mike Tyson's yeah. Punch-Out or no, one of the Punch-Out? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time, but I, I only remember okay. a couple. I still, I think I remember, I think I still remember the cheat codes. And honestly, I think mm-hmm. I can still be, beat Don Flamenco the first time. I can beat him with my eyes shut because I remember, the, you know, the combination mm-hmm. that, you know, it's. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fun game. I decided that just to hear Rocky say his name, it had to be Soda Puffinski. I was oh yeah 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 <laughs> just to hear if Soda Popinski or it was yeah or King Hippo yeah there you go but Soda Popinski is yeah it would be the best I think actually in the movie mm-hmm. yeah my first thought was Von Kaiser but I thought that and maybe that's a little bit too close to the Ivan Drago, Drago yeah kind of thing I just want to see his mustache on film sure <laughs> but so the the one I actually went with was Bear Hugger because I thought that would just be hilarious mm-hmm mm-hmm bald bull would be kind of interesting yeah. I also thought Piston Honda. That would be another. Piston Honda. That would be good. Um, Trying to think of some of the different guys. But we don't make fun of people who talk like that. Right. Forgot. (laughs) Don't tell Nora on me. Well, she's probably listening to this. Uh, Sorry, Nora. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, finally, question three. What is your favorite Stallone movie from the 1990s? For me, there's a very, very clear winner in this one. And I actually had one other person on Twitter said the exact same thing. So for me, the very, very clear winner, and I am absolutely biased because this is one of my favorite movies. I know it's not a great movie, but it's one of my favorites. I got to go Demolition Man. (laughs) Yeah. I love that movie. Nice. Nice. And that was uh, at Tristan Martin on Twitter, also said Demolition Man. Okay. Uh, Give you you a couple others from the Twitters. We've got uh, at launching the pilot. So the launching the pilot podcast Um, they do there's there's, they've got a fun podcast too. They go through old and new uh, TV pilot episodes and that's kind of their podcast is they, they talk about different TV pilots either that Mm -hmm. got picked up or didn't get picked up. Um, They actually said Rocky five was their favorite of the nineties Stallone movies. Cool. And then at Jason Colvin, one of the hosts of the surely can't be serious podcast said final answer cliffhanger. Mm hmm. So. Okay. So, so far we got Demolition Man, Cliffhanger, and Rocky Five. What no one said stop or my mom will shoot. Not I was one. waiting for that one. You know, <laughs> <sighs> I, I would say it was probably in my top 10 Stallone movies from 1990. 1990s. All right. All right. Dennis, Bo, do you guys uh, want to throw in your thing? Again, I don't want to steal anybody's. I mean, the only other one I think I even thought of off the top of my head was Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I Judge Dredd, but I think I, I was confusing it. I think I like the one that John liked. But yeah, Demolition, Demolition Man was better than Judge Dredd. Was better than Judge Dredd. Okay. So, and I was trying to think which ones were all in the '90s, and I'm like, okay, I think this one. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mine was Copland. Oh. Well, it's yeah, it, Copland was alright. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Do you have a, so going beyond the question a little bit? Do you have a favorite Sylvester Stallone movie of all time that he's been in? Like taking it beyond the '90s. Mm. Throwing you a curveball there. <laughs> over the top um there you go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the expendables i'm i'm gonna say creed 2 okay i really like that i think i liked him that one the most 
I was going to go the other end of the extreme. I was going to say Rocky. I, you know. Nobody chose a Rambo, huh? Ernie Connor would have said Rambo. Who would have said Rambo? I think Hunter might have said a Rambo movie. Well, there was this one he did in 2001, um, and I'm trying to remember what it was called. It let me see if I can find like the poster for it. Oh, Bo, <laughs> duck and cover. Bo, <laughs> I, I know, I know what's coming down. Bo, get. <laughs> That's man. He was. He's going. He's he's going. He, uh, I I don't want to steal John's thunder because he'll start the, roasting me as much as he's roasting you. No, I, I mean, let's see. The tagline was "Welcome to the human race." Um, and it was, let's see, Sylvester Stallone, Burt Reynolds. It has a Formula One car in the front of the poster. Uh, it's, oh, uh, mm-hmm. no, everybody it, get down. That no, movie, that, that, no, <laughs> see that movie, that, we don't acknowledge that movie. <laughs> we don't acknowledge that movie. All right, Pat, you know, by the time our podcast gets to 2001, I'm going to put that on our list. Just You can, you can, you can. I, <laughs> you, you will be I, done at that point. I, I you know, I'm, occasionally things blow up, John. Mm-hmm. Occasionally yeah. brakes fail. I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> stuff happens. I'm just, I'm not saying. It's all recorded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just, I'm, these things happen, you know. Oh man. Well, Pat, I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I, I want to no, just no, let see, you No, I'm, I just want to let you know. I am, I am appreciative that you are so passionate yeah. that, that you are just so driven when it comes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Watch that movie guys. Watch that movie. You, you go ahead and watch that movie. You, you tell me, you tell me what you think, you know, I might watch that movie this weekend and tell go, you what I think. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I know how much time, I know how much free time you have. And if right. you choose to take an hour and 45 minutes of, of your free time and watch that, I mean, more power to you. I, you know, I, every, every once in a while, I love a good dumpster fire. So I, well, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, it, man. It is that. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, has anybody seen the, the, the Lords of Flatbush? It's an it's a early 1974. Henry Winkler is in it. It's a very gang type of... I always used to confuse it with the Warriors, but um, mm-hmm. that's one I'd be curious if you have, you know, since you have, you know, John has so much time now, um, that, you know, he could uh, maybe pull that one out of the vault. But look up something called The Lords of Flatbush. I remember that as a kid. Uh, it's probably like mid-70s, 1974, uh, yeah. 74, 75? 74. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember seeing it on TV. Um, Probably when I was about eight, nine, ten, something like that, and it had Henry Winkler in it. Maybe some other famous people I can't remember, but I remember Stallone and Henry Winkler being in it. It was very kind of like the Warriors type mm-hmm. of thing, a little bit. Very much. It looks a lot like it's the a, looks a lot like the Outsiders, the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not mm-hmm. a it's not the greatest, but I do remember him in that. Like I want to say he's always got like a toothpick in his mouth or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. That was one of his earliest earliest films too that I remember seeing. Okay. Nice. Some I'd probably look back and see, is it a good movie? I don't know. But back then as a kid, I do remember liking it. Yeah. Might suck now. It's true. Oops. (laughs) 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 What, what just heard, what, what, what activated what there? (laughs) It was good too, because it's a good movie. (laughs) It was, it was an ad for the Lords of Flatbush when I went to click on a clip. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode number 295, Rocky Five. Um, our uh, 5,000, there we go. Um, so our podcast, you can find us at 30podcast.com, at 30podcast on most of the different uh, social media accounts. 
And then on voicemail, we are 872-356-6843 if you want to call in and leave us a message. Um, coming up next, we've got our comedy month in May. Uh, that's going to be starting us off with Joe versus the Volcano, then My Blue Heaven, then another 48 Hours, then Arachnophobia, and then uh, we will end the month with our 300th special episode, our tercentenary uh, speculatorio, however, whatever word we came up with. Dang. Is it ter- I, th- I think I got that right. Tercentenary? It's tercentenary? Something like that. I don't know. It's Latin that I don't remember. So It's impressive, man. Very yeah. impressive. So that's what we got coming up. So, um, Dennis, you look like you got excited when I said My Blue Heaven. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. So, Joe, Vol- Joe versus Volcano, oddly enough, I have not seen that full movie. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. Okay. But I will definitely be at, you said, Arachnophobia. Um, yeah, we got My Blue uh, Heaven, My Blue Heaven. Uh, another 48 hours in Arachnophobia, and then the 300th. Okay. So. Yeah, that'll be good. Okay. All yeah, right. I'll be on board for those. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see everybody back here next week for Joe versus the Volcano. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. 